The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted. Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes in a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Hi, hi. Uh, 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, and yes, you Transdotions as well, because this is an inclusive podcast. This podcast is a Star Wars podcast, and it is labeled and called the New Force Order. I am a professional wrestler who is a multi-time champion, not of the people, but in a galaxy far, far away. I can care less about the people. I am a current heavyweight champion, three different promotions at the same time. Not many can say that. I am your boy, the Greek God Papadon, a.k.a. GGP. To the Greek, Greek God. And alongside with me, I have the distinct pleasure of introducing all the way from the Sith Witness Protection Program in Exegol. Hit him with a hey yo, big guy, and then introduce yourself. Hey yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Dark Lord of the Podcast, the Sith Ari, the Rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark Spirit on. And then on top of that, I have a witty, pretty, GTA driving, Karelian ship flying, medical droid who likes to steal everybody's thunder. Introduce yourself, sir. I am currently in my car driving to pick up my son, but I'm also smarter to and be more technical than FX7, the god of stealing thunder. And the dude who's gonna slap the next person who pronounces the D in Din Djarin's name, Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. Well, ladies and gentlemen, another week has passed. Another week is set upon us, and a lot of news came out this week. Um, so let's get down to brass tacks. As you know, we have something on the horizon called the Bad Bunch. Doc, have you heard about the Bad Bunch? The Bad Batch, you mean? What did I say? The Bad Bunch? You said the Bad Bunch, like the Brady Bunch. Sorry, I meant the Bad Batch. Thank you for correcting me, sir. This is a public service announcement to all the people out there who want to be professional wrestlers and get dropped on your head on a regular basis. This is what happens. Listen, I don't get dropped on my head, but the trailer just dropped this week. Did you watch it? I, Of course I watched the trailer. We run a fucking Star Wars podcast. Did you uh, like it? Fantastic. I'm all in. I can't wait for this. We called this shit from the get-go. We knew that this was going to spin off of season seven, and it was going to be its own show. It, it, it was way too convenient, way too, uh, you know, subtly dropped inside there for four episodes. We all knew this was going to happen. And uh, it looks it looks like it's going to be a slobber knocker. And how convenient that we all called that this was going to be Star Wars meets the A-Team, because that's exactly what I got from this trailer. Yep. Exactly, exactly. It, it looks like they're going to be doing, you know, uh, Clone Troop 99 is going to be doing uh, some one-off missions here and there, helping people out, getting shit done. We saw that kid who's going to join them apparently in the thing, which is very A-Team reminiscent. You know, they would, they would always be about the ladies and the children when it came to the A-Team. Um, but the crew is back. Tech, Hunter, Wrecker, Fives, uh, Crosshairs. Echo. Echo, the whole nine yards, not five, sorry about that, Echo. Um, I can't wait, man. Uh, May 4th, 
Star Wars Day, obviously, May the 4th be with you. My parents' wedding anniversary, which I'm pretty pumped about. Um, and uh, it's it's going to be good. And, and you I know what's funny? You know I know what's funny? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to steal your thunder me. right now. Tell me. The first episode is going to have something in common with your father. It's going to last 70 minutes, like he did on his honeymoon. 70 minutes? Well, I don't know about that. Listen. Back in the day, my dad was a pretty virile guy, but uh, I, I I don't think so. Maybe like I think seven minutes potentially. And that's with cleanup. Um, so uh, <laughs> seventy minutes. That, that's it's it's for the most part almost a fucking movie, which is which is great. I mean, you know, I was I just I just got off the couch watching uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they're giving us forty six minute episodes with fifteen of those forty six minutes being credits on both on both ends, which is ridiculous. Just like WandaVision. Um, so uh, I will take a 70-minute opener, which is going to be, uh, I, I think, you know, people have said, you know, this is not just going to be, as an article that came out this week, not going to be just season eight of The Clone Wars. It's going to be different. Um, and How I really so, so, Doc? Uh, I don't know. You're going to have to, you're gonna have to talk, about, talk about that because <laughs> I skimmed that article. I don't know. Of course, you skimmed it. Listen, this is what they said in that article. The Clone Wars was largely an anthology show. We had certain episodes. They were arced together. It could be three, four episode arcs. And it was all over the place on the timeline. It wasn't, dis- it wasn't distributed in linear order. Now, uh, the sets of episodes, usually somewhere between one and four, four piece, would tell independent stories from one corner of the war to another. These arcs jumped back and forth time. And included a huge number of characters, though the later seasons of the show did focus more on a linear storytelling. The anthology anthology structure remained through the end of the final season. Now, by contrast, the Bad Batch will stay with the same small group of characters throughout, promising a more focused narrative. Um, in that way, the series may feel very similar to, uh, what do you call it, Star Wars Rebels? though it seems to be notably different. How so, you may ask? Well, there's no clear central conflict in the Bad Batch. Uh, Like uh, Clone Wars, there's no Clone Wars, there's no rebellion. And of course, uh, as yet, at least, there are no Jedi. And in a way, the Bad Batch seems to be combining the structure of the two predecessors, which is Rebels and Clone Wars, for you mouth breathers out there, bringing the smaller cast of rebels to the more fragmented story structure of Clone Wars. Now, the little kid that you mentioned in the trailer is allegedly the last clone from Camino that is called Omega, which is a Greek letter, the last letter of the Greek alphabet, just so you know. No relation to Kenny Omega, even though they both have blonde hair, seem a little feminine, but I digress. So that's how it's going to be different, Doc. Um, good. Um, I think having good. you know the that's, crew. That's all you got to tell me. Good. No, I, I I think having the crew uh, be the same crew throughout the whole thing. Like you know, like you said, the Clone Wars really jumped around a lot and kind of. Uh, you definitely had some skin in the game when it came to the Clone Wars, but again, you may not see some of your favorite characters till five, six episodes down down the line. So. I think this is going to be different. I think it's going to be, and we had when we had also kind of also anticipated that it was going to be different than the Clone Wars, um, and I think it has to be because it has to kind of like set itself apart from the Clone Wars. 
yeah, it's a, it's a piece of that, but this is a different time. This is a different age for them. Um, and I think this is, this is going to have a different feel to it, which I'm excited about. So, um, and what I was going to say is that I heard, you know, a little birdie told me that uh, a certain podcast is going to do an offshoot show all about the Bad Batch, Bad Batch Review Show. Um, so send your emails to what do you think we should call the show? We have a couple ideas potentially set up on the, uh, you know, on the docket for what we want to call the show. But uh, please feel free, everybody, newforceorder.yahoo.com, to email us your suggestions as to what we should call the Bad Batch Review Show. You are spot on with your shameful plug. I appreciate it, sir. You are a snake oil salesman to the finest degree of snake oil salesmanship. I am currently venturing down the path of your boy, Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. the Witch and Soldier. He recently went on to Twitter. He did a... Um, Someone asked him a question about taking over the reins of being Luke Skywalker. And we've been saying this forever. He should play Luke Skywalker. Uh, even Mark Hamill said if he wants to take over the role, you know, he has my blessings. But he said, and he played this very well, very close to the chest to have people start talking. I think he's already casted. That's just my opinion. He says he the only way he will play a young Luke Skywalker is if Mark Hamill, and this is exact words, let me go back. Well, if Mark Hamill tickles, my, tickles my balls, no, no, uh, calls okay. me and personally says he feels inclined to share this role with me, then I'll believe it. He insisted, he being Sebastian Stan. The actor then admitted, until then, I don't believe any of it. And then Mark Hamill, which this segment of the NFO is going to be called Marky Mark and the Twitter Bunch. Because every week he's coming out with cool tweets. And he responded saying, uh, and I quote, this assumes I may have any say in casting decisions at Lucasfilm, when in fact, I don't. So again, they're stringing it along for everything that it's worth, in my opinion. I think they're playing this a little tongue-in-cheek and having a little ha-ha and fun with the, with, with the, uh, with the fanboys and fangirls of the Star Wars universe. What do you think, Doc? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard for. That's what the, she said. That's what she said. As well, that's what he said. It's gonna be hard for um, Disney not to listen to all the kind of uproar and the hoopla that's happening right now around the whole Sebastian Stan thing. You know that deep fake technology is not cheap, and it doesn't look so fantastic. So I really think that they're they're gonna listen to the fans for the first time, fucking probably ever. Um, and actually cast him, Sebastian Stan, in the role. And we've seen a lot of this crossover between the Marvel Universe and the um, Star Wars Universe. You know, most recently, as I was watching The Winter Soldier today uh, in Falcon, um, that um, the, uh, the, the, the actress who played Enfy's Nest in Solo is actually one of the Flag Smasher chicks um, in the second episode of uh, Winter Soldier. So... That suit did nothing for your ass. No one asked you to look, Tony. It's ridiculous. I think you look great, Cap. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. There's you don't say. I don't say, yes. There's definitely a lot of crossover in between all that stuff. And speaking of that actress, you know, uh, she was being interviewed. What a about, segue. What a segue. She By was the being way, interviewed. 
By the way, Doc, that actress, she has a name. Her name's Erin Kellyman. Erin Kellyman. She sounds very Irish. Um, she might she be. Would, she might be with that red hair and the freckles, but she's definitely not just Irish. Um, Black our, Irish. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Black Irish, exactly. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, she uh, was uh, being interviewed about her role in The Winter Soldier, and they had kind of like, you know, throughout there, you know, this whole uh, make Solo 2 thing happen. What do you think of this? Have you been approached? Blah, blah, blah. And she gave the answer that, you know, everybody who's been involved in this has been giving. They would love to go back to the character. She'd love to play Enfy's Nest again. Um, you know, there's probably a lot of meat in that bone that, that we have not picked off yet, which I think because she was, she was a pretty good character, in, in, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, but she said there's really no plans right now. No one has, has approached her, and, and nothing has really come to fruition from there. So, you know, I guess our friends at the Resistance Broadcast are still going to have to wait, just like we are, for our, our uh, Make Solo 2 happen. That was her first movie too, which I didn't know, which is pretty cool. Well, that's uh, how do you, how do you go like, like out from there? Like your first movie is Star Wars. It's like, well, I, I could die now. I'm I'm done. You know what? You know it's funny though. Even though she says she's coming, she would come back if they 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 did a solo too to reprise the role of Infant's Nest. Someone who's not coming back is our boy Jar Jar Binks. I'm at best. This is very, very bad. Me not no coming back. Because he's not going to be in uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series as rumored. Uh, he goes, thanks for the love, but I will not be in the series. As much as I'd love to be a part of it. But I'm ecstatic to see folks who love, who I love dearly back together doing great things. So he said this via, I think, social media. But regardless of all that, Doc, are you heartbroken that Jar Jar is not coming back? Misha here, Disney got enough problems without Misha. <laughs> Listen, if, if Disney really wants to shut this fucking train down, bring Jar Jar Binks back at this point, man. Holy, could you imagine? There will be people with pitchforks and torches at fucking uh, the house of the mouse throwing Molotov cocktails through the window. It would burn that place to the ground. It's like, hold on a second. We have a special. It's going to be the Ewoks with Jar Jar Binks. On the Star Wars holiday special. Whew. Talk about yeah. uh Good get luck. your pitches. Yeah, get your pitches and uh be your pitchforks and your and your and your torches. They would definitely you... storm the castle. Bye bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll like? It would take a miracle. Bye bye. Like it's uh, the Inquisition or something. January sixth. You you were about to say pitches and catches, right? I know. I, I know no, 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 pitches and catches. No, uh -huh. no, 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 no. That's that's spring Cause training. Because it's, it's almost baseball time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, if we're talking pitches and catches, we'd be talking about the Academy podcast because that's all they do is pitch and catch. <laughs> Those two sugar tits <laughs> over there. Anyway, shout out to Triple D and John Enright, Captain Spawning Copita. Anyway, uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi begins uh, production in wait, April. Speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know what today is? Hello there. Hello there. Today yes, I do know. It's his Ewan birthday. Ewan McGregor's birthday. He is turning the big 5-0. Is he only 50? Really? Why do you think he's a little bit older than that? I think he's turning 50. I could be wrong. What's interesting to me is that the, the time frame between the end of, uh, you know, when, uh, sorry, when um, the Revenge of the Sith was, was released till now is just about the same time frame from when Luke was uh, born to when he met, he met Obi-Wan Kenobi again. And let me tell you, uh, Ewan McGregor looks a lot better than Alec Guinness did. That fucking Tatooine son must be really, 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 really bad for your skin. 
Of course, but they're gonna do them up in makeup and all that stuff. Don't try to age them off. Uh, you know, age them up uh, in the show. I would imagine. Um, but you know, I wouldn't. Di- I wouldn't disagree with you. Two suns, a lot of UV rays, a lot of vitamin D. Even though I know you like the D. But, uh, uh, well, I'm good. I like the triple D. <laughs> uh, but but the question is, in in which time period is it is it gonna occur? Because I I can't imagine it's gonna re- it's gonna occur right before a new hope. No, so it's, I'll tell you it's right now. Be a few years after. I will tell you right now, sir. This is why right I am the fucking man uh, and B- the god. BBY fourteen B thirteen BBY. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Sound like you were having a stroke for a second. BBY why why? Anyway, Obi Wan Kenobi, the new Disney Plus special event series starring Ewan McGregor as the iconic Jedi Master, will start shooting in April. The story begins ten years after the dramatic events. Of Revenge of the Sith, where Kenobi was for- faced against his uh, greatest foe and uh, faced his greatest defeat. Even though he won, he really lost. He didn't get over. And speaking of over, oh, 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 there yet? No, okay. No, no, no. The downfall and the corruption of his best friend and the Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker turned evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Uh, spoiler alert: Obi Wan Kenobi is directed by Deborah Chow. Director of two critically acclaimed episodes of The Mandalorian Season 1. The series also marks the return of Hayden Christensen as the role of Darth Vader. Joining the cast is Moses Ingram, Joel Edgington, Bonnie Pice, uh, Kumail Najiani, Indira Varma, Rupert Fiend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Sung Kang, Simon Kissel, and Benny Safdie. So, Doc, let's let's play a little guessing game here. We know Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan. We know Hayden Christensen is uh, Vader slash um, Anakin. We have yep. Joel Edgerton. Obviously, he's going to be uh, Uncle Lars, right? Yep. Uh is going to be Bonnie Pice, the same people who yep, played him. Likely. So who are the following actors and actresses going to be? Number one, Moses Ingram. She's a African Moses Ingram. Actress. Uh, She's an actress. He's gonna be. No, her. He's gonna be her. Uh, her, her, her. her. Oh, she. Uh, she's gonna Black be female. a trans. She's gonna be a transgender. Uh, Crispy no. Anakin Skywalker. Rupert Friend. <laughs> Rupert Friend. You know who Rupert Friend's the guy who looks like Orlando Bloom. You know who he's gonna play. He looks like Orlando Bloom. He's gonna play Legolas, the the uh, the elf okay. from. Uh... All right, this this went nowhere. So uh, moving along. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I have actually I have a couple answers. So uh, Ice Cube's son is in this fucking show. You realize that? You know that that's O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yes, I do. Which is amazing. So I'm pretty sure he's gonna play Ice Cube in the Star Wars universe, which would be great because I we we gotta get straight out of Tatooine from this motherfucker right here. Um. And then uh, I heard a rumor that Kamal Nanjami, who's the who's the Indian comedian, may play, uh, which was really funny. He, do you remember that kid? His name was Kitster, I think it was. He was the um, he was the kid that was having a fight with, with little little Anakin Skywalker when he was um, about the pod race. Uh-huh. So there's rumors that that he's playing him. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think that would be a kind of an odd thing that uh, suddenly they would drag up this character that uh you know has been um really not featured at all anywhere and for anything but it's possible i mean if they want to tie things together all right well i think i think indira varma is going to play um uh, no that's a teen nope i think she's going to play uh 
Asajj Ventress, and I think Simone Kessel is going to place a team. Mm, interesting. That's what I, I saw. Somebody, yeah. Um, what if one of them is Greedo? That'll be interesting. No. Did you Did you know that Lucasfilm has big plans for Obi Wan after the series? Thank Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, because th the fact that you know they had announced this was going to be six episodes, and it was going to be one season and done, made absolutely no sense to me. I mean, you got this iconic character in, in Obi Wan Kenobi that we could see in many different portions of the Star Wars universe, and it seems like they're going that way. They're going to probably shoehorn him into different shows. Um, potentially you know if they do some ahsoka stuff with him somewhere down the line they're talking about the two of them meeting together because that timeline makes sense for them to be in the same timeline together prior to a new hope um so um i'm in you know what's better than obi-wan kenobi papa don more obi-wan kenobi more fucking obi-wan kenobi that's right well, so i don't want to fuck obi-wan kenobi but sure um you know uh is it his ex-wife did by the way Yes, financially and literally. Um, also, uh, he's supposed to be in Andor. That's the rumor. So, yeah, makes uh, sense. He, again, that, that time frame makes perfect sense. Obi Wan Kenobi series Hayden Christensen returns can solve a major Darth Vader mystery. Now, Disney has gotten a surprising amount of mileage out of using new Star Wars projects to address old plot holes in and unanswered questions about the movies. Marvel's current volume of Star Wars alone has done everything from canonizing Luke's yellow lightsaber to revealing how Luke managed to recover his X-Wing back from Cloud City. Uh, now, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series has the potential to address a much bigger and more crucial loose end from Return of the Jedi. Now we've been Oh, I know which loose end that is. Yes, we've been talking about this many times in the past. Uh, Nick Arcus points out, who's a writer, there's something very odd about Vader's conversation with the newly captured Luke Skywalker on Endor, where Luke insists some trace of Anakin Skywalker still remains, to which Vader responds, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. How does Vader actually know Obi-Wan felt that way? Hmm. Questions that make you go, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean... So, so there is that, um, but are, are we reading into it too much? Because what happened at the end of Revenge of the Sith, right? Oh, the, the two of them had this you know, verbal altercation where oh, and Obi-Wan yelled at him and Anakin told him to go fuck himself, basically. And the two, um, you know, then went at it, as we know, in an iconic duel. So is Vader referring to that in the, in the, um, in that line there, or is he referring to something else? And again, there's there's your point that you could build your story up off of from there as the two of them meet together. And then there's other line in A New Hope when he says to him, you know, the last time we met, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Better hustle, Cap. Things look like they're just about wrapped up here. Got it. I'm approaching the elevator now. It's all the same to you. I'll have that drink now. All right, get him on his feet. And I'll stand around posing up a storm later. By the way, feel free to clean up. Again, kind of a little maybe something inside there, but who knows? Well, there's also a third line. 
where he tells Luke, your father's, uh, Vader's more machine than man. How did he know? He's more machine now than man. Twisted and evil. Yep, exactly. Because you know? he left yep. him for dead. There's a, there's a lot of breadcrumbs inside there. you know, And, and clearly Obi-Wan figured out who Vader was at some point during that time, during that 20 years that he was, um, that he was uh, banished to Tatooine. So they, they, they're going to have to go over it. They're going to have to do it. There's no way that they're not going to touch upon that because there's just way too much good story sitting inside there. For them to avoid it, Doc. Do you know what time is it? What time is it? As, uh, it's, it's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill. So what's the time? It's time to get ill. Now what's the time? It's time to get ill. Time for some action. No. It's time to buy a hundred fifty thousand Death Star watch. Did you know that? Holy shit, dude! When I saw this article, I almost lost my shit. So, so listen. I don't know if we have any any rich fans out there, but if you would like, you can buy a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar Death Star watch, um, and not the Death Star, the actual watch, um, which it looks like a beautiful creation. I mean, it comes in this nice little box that has. All the sections of the watch broken up into different. Right. Like, you're a sucker. You're pieces. a sucker for that box. I'm a sucker. Yeah, I'm always. I pay a lot of money for a box, but uh, I don't know who's got that much Scott Old to drop on a fucking watch. But listen, if you got it, and it's not even a Rolex. God bless. Because no, it's uh, from Cross I, Studio, not Chris I mean, Cross. Never, you jump, jump. Never even heard of them. Cross but, Studio, uh, the, God, the the Swiss. Hold on. The Swiss design studio responsible for the $30,000 Batman cl Batmobile clock. I didn't oh, even yeah, know that, that existed. That, that, that's what I need to wake me up in the morning, the fucking Batmobile clock. Hold on. What's it sing? I'm curious. With the Batmobile clock? <laughs> Probably. Either that or it has Cesar Romero's laugh as the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. I would smash that fucking thing if I heard that, 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 that shit happening every morning. So look, look, the ten, the new 10-piece Death Star Ultimate Collector set is a Tourbillon watch that comes with an authentic kyber crystal prop from Rogue One. It's also packaged in Imperial Kyber Crystal container that is based on the one seen in the film. This fully hand-assembled and hand-painted container itself is a collectible. It features more than 700 parts and is scaled to half the original film dimensions of 3.9 feet long. The container also has nine compartments, including six free ones for your other Star Wars merch. The three, the other three hold the watches components inside caps, capsules. But with the $150,000 price tag, you're going to need more than a great container. The watch needs to be out of this world, too. For Cross Studio, designed a rare mechanical complication that pays tribute to the Death Star. The in-house developed manual winding me mechanical movement delivers a robust five-day power reserve. It also features 281 components that includes hands, which have been affixed to the peripheral display that orbits 360 degrees around the turbulent. Uh, the hour hand also is based on an Imperial-class Star Destroyer, and the minute hand looks like a super-class Star Destroyer. But the real showstopper is the turbulent cage, it recreates the Death Star's northern hemisphere and makes one revolution per minute. That includes the replica of the Battle Station's signature green kyber crystal power laser cannon, 
all of which is housed inside a 45 millimeter dome shaped sapphire crystal case is made of black DLC coated grade five titanium. The watch features a genuine crown system and includes an inset push button system with an engraving in arabesque to set the time and wind the watch. Cross Studios also developed a D-ring, no offense, stock, shaped <laughs> crown on the case back. Ah, man, there's so much tags and nonsense. It's it's uh, it's all fucking Chinese to me. Listen, if I buy a watch for a hundred fifty thousand dollars. Both Luke Skywalker and fucking George Lucas better deliver that to my fucking house and then blow me on top of that because that's fucking ridiculous. I'll give him the shrugs. He'll be fine. Um, exactly. It's fine by me. Whatever. That's did you know bananas, though. It is bananas, but come on. Some, some idiot's going to buy it. And to be honest with you, I saw, those, saw the watch. It's not even that pretty. Yeah, it looks I mean, like a like, like like watch. Yeah, it does. No big deal. Made, anyway. made by fucking uh, Fossil. I'm good. Thanks. I'd rather buy a Rolly, to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> look at my $150,000 Star Wars watch. You get laid with that, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, exactly, right? What are you going to do? Like, fucking Hall C? Uh, Hall H? <laughs> yeah, look at my watch. <laughs> Chop that dude's Shit. fucking armor for that thing. Shut up, Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to space, you fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, did you know Princess Leia secretly used the dark side in Return of the Jedi, Doc? Oh, it was that when her and Han Solo were alone after the Jabba's Palace thing? No, 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 that was Dark Side. Oh, not the Han Solo went in her Dark Side. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, yes, so I heard about this. Uh, listen, this is one of those three, and I know you and I both love when they kind of go back into canon and try to like you know pick pick things together and, and make it seem like it's uh it's a little more interesting than it should be and give things a backstory. But I don't think this one really needed. You know, we talked I'm about. I'm sorry, Back Doc. You're breaking Leia up because you're was... in your car. You're in your car. You're unprofessional, and you're breaking up. What'd you say? I said. I said. You know, uh, they talked about Leia using the dark side to choke Jabba the Hutt during the uh, Return of the Jedi scene on the uh, on the katana. Um, I, I listen. Uh, I think this one's a little unnecessary. The dude's a fat fucking, you know, soft slug looking monster who got a chain wrapped around his neck that's getting yanked by a 130 pound woman. That's probably good enough to kill this guy. I don't think she needed to use the force at that point, of which she never realized she was force sensitive, but then realized how it was kind of the force is controlling her destiny and she had tapped into it here and there prior to this. Meh, I don't know. I'm not buying it. I say basura horseshit as well. Um, just because she choked out a slug, and that sounds a lot dirtier than uh, than I mean <laughs> it. Um, she she just survived my slug any day. Oh, me too. Um, she's a survivalist. She's a she's a general. You know, she's the leader of the rebellion. She needs to learn how to fight hand to hand combat. You know what I'm saying? So this was just a matter of survival instinct kicking in and taking out your enemy so she can escape and live another day. That's all I saw. This. I mean, them trying to emphasize everything into the force. Nah, not really. 
You know, I could see certain other aspects maybe could have influenced her, you know, by the force. But then again, that kind of contradicts Darth Vader. How come I didn't feel her in episode four? You know, the force in her. He felt he felt Luke's force. Oh, well, he that, was that, that, that's a lot of fucking um, sexual Nintendos. Terrible, uh, yeah, I know sexual Nintendos there on that one. But what I'm Bruce. saying is like he felt Luke using the force in the trench oh, he when he did? was in the X-Wing. He, he, he altar boyed him? That's right. He's like, come here, buddy. Let me give you I heard you like to taste the communion wafers. Um, so <laughs> um, but seriously though, again, he he even says the force is strong with this one when he's in the trench. He never felt the force in Leia. So, <laughs> it's also dirty. <laughs> you know the force the force is strong with this one. He hey, did you did you trench. Did you see the uh, the print of Leia with the saber on StarWars.com? I did. It was. Did uh, you like it? it? Pretty. Yeah. It was. It was. Listen. It, it, I have so many, so much fucking artwork, so much print shit. I have ninety percent of it is not even hung up, but it was a really good print of her igniting the lightsaber and the kind of this crazy background that was really, really beautifully rendered. It was a great. Um, so when you're buying it, Leia. What, I'm not. I'm not going to buy this one. Not even for your daughter. I'm not. No, man. Now, see, now you got me fucking thinking now. Stop doing Why do you do that to me all the time? So I can't go to Comic-Con with you because you make me buy everything. That and I, I lose your pass. Anyway. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. Star Wars confirms, and this is more clickbait material, but Star Wars confirms Han Solo was never a true smuggler. And I was a little, dis- little disappointed with this. I don't know where they're going with this, but recent Star Wars comics from Marvel continue to prove that Han Solo was never a real smuggler. He always was a hero at heart. And a rebel from the start. Han Solo was never a true smuggler in the Star Wars universe. In a recent comic, Star Wars number 12 has revealed that Han stayed and saved the rebels' Hoth base. And Leia revealed that it was because he started to believe in the rebel cause. Now, Marvel's Bounty Hunters number 10 reveals that Han Solo saved Bealert Valance's life, which has inspired the cyborg to fight for the cause himself in the present. I have no idea who Bealert Valance is. Yeah, this I is- know he is. This was something that was also pointed out in Solo Star Wars. While he might try to pretend he was a smuggler, Han was really a rebel and a hero. Now, this is all from a certain point of view. But what's your take? I mean, do you think Disney's just trying to shit on another male character or what? Well, I'm not so sure why they're doing this for. I mean, it kind of really makes no sense. Han is, isn't just a one-dimensional character. You know, he's he's much more than that. You know, is he a smuggler? Yes. Is he a hero? Yes. Is he, a, is he a, part of the Rebel Alliance? Is he, a, you know, a Rebel Jelly? Yes. He's been all that thing. He's been a rogue. He's been a scamp. He's been a, a scruffy nerfer. Why do they have to kind of remove one of those labels off of him? Because what there's like a negative connotation with him being a smuggler, him doing illegal things. It makes no sense. I mean, yeah, yeah he was, but you know, if you, it, when we watched Solo, you know, we saw that despite the fact that, you know, he had a he, he had a hard life and he had to do what he had to do, he seemed to always do the right thing. But you got to make some fucking money. So if he's smuggling shit and he's getting things done, then so be it. I mean, that's the way it is. And those credits don't come cheap. Nobody wants Moncali Marley flying over there. So <laughs> uh, it just makes... It's just like, why are they doing this for? Like, I think you're right. I think you're, to a certain you know respect, you're right that they're kind of like cheapening his character, and they're you know doing that you know the the typical bullshit with you know now they're stripping this man character of one of his titles, which they don't have to. He's been a smuggler for fucking forty years. What are we going to change that for? 
I don't know, but you know, they did look dirty in the pre- in the sequel trilogy. They're stripping Han of his layers of his character, like you said, with the, with the, all these upcoming comics to reinforce that he's really a hero at heart. Now, from one perspective, you could think he's there stripping it. From another perspective, you could say they're adding another layer that's overshadowing his scruffy, nerfed smuggler persona, which really shows who he really is. I mean, half empty, half full type of scenario. I guess we have to reevaluate this even further, depending if they come out with Solo 2. But then what do they do? Uh, Lando, the, the, the writer, even though it wasn't really hinted in the movie too heavily, you know, after he said this one scene with the L337 comes into play, um, where they make him, uh, Lando a pansexual. And then they put his face on the uh, Pride uh, Month uh, logo or something like that. He's the face that represents Pride Month, talking about how he, he's more pansexual than everything. So it's like, why are you messing with the legacy characters? Why are you changing the demographic of such characters? To the point where people who have have looked at these characters for 40 years now, from a certain point of view and in a certain perspective, now you're just changing it and flipping it and saying, now this is canon, leaves a bad taste in the mouth. What do you think? No, of course. I completely agree with you. It's like, but and what's the reason why they're doing this for? Because now they have to pander to all demographics. They have to get everybody to be inclusive and, and, and be in. I understand that. Totally understand that. And I'm kind of glad what they did recently. And that's, I got this last article that I just sent you, Doc. It says Star Wars spotlights trans non-binary Jedi characters for trans day of visibility to honor transgender day, which I didn't even know there was a transgender day of visibility on Wednesday. Lucasfilm debuted an exclusive cover to Star Wars, the high Republic comic book series that features two trans non-binary characters you know what i'm all for this because these are new characters they're an alien species they look vanilla plain you know what i'm saying like if it's the if it's the nine nine binary uh gender fluid nine binary uh motif um these two characters names they're twins uh are Tarek and serrett T-E-R-T. appears to have been moved since the murder. Look at the forensic evidence around the torso. I don't see anything. Look closer. Closer. I still don't see anything, Philip. Wait, wait. I know what's going to happen, Mom. You want to know what's going to happen? <laughs> Keep looking, Taj. The forensic evidence is right around here. <laughs> no, T-E-R-E-C. And C E R E T, that Tomat and Xamot, uh, G.I. Joe's backwards reverse spelling thing. That's yep. what they did with these two characters. Uh, they're the Jedi Bond twins from the planet Katab. Um, analytical and inquisitive, like Spock, I would imagine. They have linked consciousness and frequently finish each other's senses, even when they aren't in the same room. You know what? This is dope. New characters, different spin. Alien race, and you know what I'm saying? You're not messing with the legacy characters turning on pansexual. You're adding, you're including people who want to be inclusive into the Star Wars universe. I'm all for this. What about you? Go for it. But for me, you know, as someone who who is an, you know, was at one point an aspiring writer, if it makes sense for the story, that's really what you should be doing. So if you're doing it just to do it, 
just for the fuck of it, because you want to be, you know, you want to check all your boxes, like we talked about, you know, with Dom last week about that. And it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't bring the story forward. It doesn't bring the characters forward. Then you've just kind of, you know, done it just to do it. So anything that you do when you're right should make sense. And it should change your, your hero, your character for the future. It should, you know, affect them. Every story should affect them. Every, everything that happens to them should affect them in a specific or certain way. And if you're not doing that, though, and you're just doing it to check a box, then are you really doing anybody any justice? Agreed. I agree with you on that retrospect. Hopefully, I mean, I haven't read the comic. I'm probably not going to read the comic because I don't collect the comics. But hopefully it does fit into the story. Um, and they're not doing it just to do it. But someone is doing something just to do it. That's Gina Carano. And there's rumors afoot that Gina Carano, and this is coming from the Hollywood gossip writer, the Daniel Rickman, is making a Star Wars type project of her own. What do you feel about this, Doc? Uh, I, I read this and I kind of like laughed and I thought it was really fucking hilarious because, you know, Rickman has actually been kind of spot on with a lot of different things. But how could he be right about this one? Is Gina Carano going to have the fucking testicles to say, oh, I'm going to do some kind of Star Wars thing. I'm going to do uh, a Star Wars um, and we'll do it in Spanish. It makes absolutely no sense that she would do this because then now... Now she's fucking, you know, baiting the mouse. And now she's playing with people whose pockets are a hell of a lot deeper than her. And I could see the, uh, you know, the, um, the cease and desist coming in the mail right now. Um, she will get raked over the coals by every single lawyer in Hollywood. And they will make her, they will pound her into dust. So uh, Gina's smart. She would stay away from all that shit. Not even, you know, bother with it because... She's, you know, she's fucking with forces that she can't comprehend right at this point. I find your lack of, uh, what is it called? I find your lack in the force disturbing, was it? No? I find I your know. lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. That's it. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it, Doc. Um... So a lot of High Republic news came out this week because there was a. Wait, interview. wait, I want to, I want to hear, I want to hear what you think about this. Oh, sorry, I thought I said my piece. Um, I, it's, I think it's kind of funny that people are insinuating she's going to do her own version of Star Wars or her own sci-fi movie. Um, I think, uh, I think she could do a own sci-fi movie, but it has to be completely different from Star Wars, meaning that no lightsabers, no laser swords, you know, no Wookies and stuff. So maybe she's going to do a. Uh, what I could see her doing, and this is just me shooting off the top of the dome, some kind of international fight tournament, like a galactic fight tournament, where you have certain houses and certain clans fighting for like the title of, you know, ruler of the galaxy, you know, like, like almost like Game of Thrones, different houses, yep. and it ends up being like an MMA tournament. Who knows? You know, and, and there's Kombat, a. It's Mortal Kombat in space. Exactly, Mortal Kombat in space, but then also there's a certain fighting style that's only taught by, you know, the evil clan versus a fighting style that's only taught by the pure clan. So there's your Sith and your your uh, your, your Jedi, you know what I'm saying? And instead of lightsabers, they're using fucking Hadoukens and all this other shit. Hadouken! You know, and you <laughs> tap typing into your fucking karma and your chi, you know, and then, uh, you know, enough. We're giving it too much ideas for free. 
So she's not on the show, and if she does want to come on the show, maybe we'll talk business and shop then. But yeah, I'll picture my Star Wars movie. I'll picture anything. Um, yeah, exactly. I'll picture my tent. Uh, Star Wars, High Republic guy, writer, Kevin Scott, had a, a, a major um, interview with comicbook.com, and he's touched on a lot of things. One thing he touched on was Yoda's role in the High Republic. Uh, he says Yoda's role in the High Republic era and how the Jedi Master still remains a fountain of wisdom for others despite his failings in the prequel trilogy of the Skywalker saga. There's been a lot of discussion about Yoda online and Yoda's part in the High Republic and the sense that Yoda is somehow to blame for what's happened. But I don't think we ever said that. And I don't think we ever would uh, because that's not what we believe. Scott told comicbook.com. Yoda has a cast a very long shadow for such a small being. And every time Yoda's in a scene, he's the most important person in that scene. So you, we've been very careful how we treated yoga, Yoda and tried uh, very yoga. much <laughs> yoga, right? Hadouken, uh, yoga, yoga, uh, very much to treat him with respect. Scott also talked about how Yoda is reviewed in other, by other characters in the High Republic. He is on the council, has decided to take a bit of sabbatical, and is teaching Padawans, which is what he know, he now, he, wait, which is what he know, know he loves doing. So there is a sense of, to that when Yoda isn't there, the rest of the Jedi, our Jedi, we are created, are going to be like, I wish Yoda was here. Because they all still look to him and there's a familiarity with them and Yoda because he's their peer in a lot of ways. But he's also a master. 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 He's more trained in, in some way or other than most of the other, these people because, let's face it, even though he's in the High Republic and we keep talking about it, young Yoda, he's still quite old and has been around for a very long time. So, so, he, so, he, so he's in the council, but did they grant him the rank of master? Of course they did. He's a grandmaster. <laughs> um, what's your take on this? You think people are just uh, uh, shitting on Yoda for the sake of shitting on Yoda? No, I mean, listen. It's fucking Yoda. He, he, clearly, he's going to be, regardless of what time frame in his life he is, he's going to be revered. He's going to be respected, and he's going to be the one that they all look up to. So should he, just like he did in the fucking movies, the second he pops up into a scene, what does he do? He steals it. He's the focus of attention in that scene. Um, because it's Yoda, you know? And this little green puppet has, uh, you know, taken over. So Speaking of over. Speaking of over, it makes sense that they're gonna bring him into the when when they bring him into the High Republic, he's gonna be a, a you know pivotal character, and he's gonna he's gonna be the Yoda that we know. I mean, yeah, he has he's got two hundred more years on him before he he gets to that point, but still, he's gonna be uh, as respected as he was, you know, in 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 our trilogies. A Yoda by any other name is still the same, correct? Exactly, indeed. Listen, he also spent, uh, said Kevin Scott, the High Republic teases that the story arcs coming in the next releases. Uh, and uh, Wait, the High Republic writer teases big story arcs coming in the next release of phases. So basically, he, uh, what Kevin Scott told comicbook.com is that the first wave of releases is only a teaser of what's to come. Um, Scott already contributed multiple stories to the High Republic. He wrote the Young Reader's book, Race to Crash Point Tower. 
writes the Marvel's ongoing Star Wars The High Republic comic series, uh, penned the upcoming High Republic graphic novel the, Ma the Monster of Temple Peak, and he's also the author of the second adult novel in the line, The Rising Storm, that's coming out in July. He says, what the fans have read thus far is the cold open for the story to come. The funny thing is that we've already had this wave of titles, but this really is the James Bond pre-title sequences, Scott says. This is a story that we've been planning for years and will be going on for a few years. And so I think most excited when people start realizing the scope of what we're climbing and the fact that these events we've seen now, they're really only the icing incident. They're only really what kicks off the story. They're not what the story is. And I can tell you much more without giving you horrendous spoilers, but there's been a lot of Jedi that we've teased and that we've mentioned along the way with some of the Jedi we've met now. Again, these are only the early days in the story we're going to tell. Also, their world is going to dramatically change, and I can't wait for people to see how, which kind of tailspins into the Acolyte because they asked him about the Acolyte saying, even though this goes down at the end of the High Republic era, uh, which is a show by Leslie Hedlund on Disney+, Plus, they asked, did it impact or alter any of the storytelling plans for the High Republic? And he says, no, because I think we're predated that cause we've been working on for a good number of years now. So what happened was people were getting excited about the High Republic as we're creating it, which is great to see. And there have been all these other plans as well but the great thing is that Star Wars is good at taking the things that work over here and the things that work over there. Over there? Over where? Over here. And bring it together. Here. So, what's your take on this, Doc? He's saying. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question, okay? Here's my question Do you think that right now we're in a High Republic overload? Do you think that there's just too much shit coming out and that it's like very difficult? For people to keep up with the books, the comics, the tie-ins, the you know the kid comics, the shit that's all over the place at this point, um, because I feel that we're kind of an overload right now. I mean, I'm I'm collecting two different High Republic series for the comics, High Republic and then High Republic Adventures, um, and then there's another book I think that's out there as well. I haven't bought any of the other of the novelizations in the books from there, and I don't plan on it. Because I got a ton of other shit to read before that. So I just feel like there's just so much stuff out there right now. And this is like, you know, the, the big push. And it's, it's and it's not in the visual form that we could just sit down and spend an hour, you know, a week to watch it. And I think, you know, they're almost shooting themselves in the, in the foot by doing this right now. I think you're right. I'm with you. I, I think that they're trying to sell this harder than it actually is. I think... It, Certain individuals are partaking to this with a positive outlook. I heard the I have a couple of the novels, haven't even cracked them open. I heard they're doing well. I heard the story is actually well written. Everything's cool and dandy. But again, we got to follow all these new characters being thrown at us from comic books and IDW and Marvel. Then we have the graphic novels and the young adult novels and all this stuff. And then we got a fucking rock. And then we got this other guy who's a spice addict who's name is an anagram for homosexual or something like that from what I heard and people all up in arms about that and Ugh. you know just they're talking about sex in certain books it's like come on now 
You know, certain things you can go without. We don't need a rock. We don't need to be talking about sex in Star Wars, especially if it's for kids, because you're kind of shitting on George Lucas's vision. But you know what? Every time you come up to bat, you can't hit a home run. I'll take a single. I'll take a strikeout. As long as the overall story is good. He's saying that it is. He's saying that we haven't seen anything yet. The best is yet to come. He's stating that this is going to tie in perfectly into the Acolyte. They were able to take it and mishmash it together. But he also said something that I kind of liked. He said he just did an interview. Uh, Kevin Scott again said that the he t- basically told that the, the Huts weren't always gangsters. He said the Hulk clans are the biggest criminal gangsters in the Star Wars galaxy. However, the High Republic writer Kevin Scott just confirmed that they were once more than that. Rather than just being mere gangsters like Jabba the Hutt who operated from his fortress on Tatooine during the prequel and original trilogies, the Hutts were once overlords, warlords, controlling regions of the galaxy. However, the expansion of the Republic and later the Empire would diminish their power. And High Republic number 5 promises to reveal the Hutts in a big way and enemies of the Jedi. What's your take on this? I heard they're going to be strippers, and we're going to see uh, Jabba's mother, who you know, predates him wearing a fucking thong, r- right up her ass. Um, really? Is her name Nia Jax? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's terrible. Um, I think them bringing the huts in is a smart idea, because Jabba was 600 years old by the time he was murdered by Princess Leia in Jedi. So... He's definitely, you know, along that time frame there. Are we going to see him? Potentially not. Are we going to see other huts? I think that makes the most sense. Uh, and maybe some huts out there were actually legitimate businessmen. I don't know. It's possible. You know, they all can't be pieces of shit. They all look like pieces of shit. But they all can't be pieces of shit. Um, what about Zero the so, Hut? Zero the Hut, he was a piece of shit. So um, I, I think this is smart. And I think it's, uh, it, it's again, Characters that we want to see get get fleshed out and get some shine um, because it's things that we've loved since the '80s. So, yeah, bring the huts back. Let's see what they have. Let's you know. Let's see where we can bring that story. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit a little bit of it in Clone Wars, but uh, I'd like to see a lot more of it um, in in other media. Well, there's two things. One, I want to still see my Joe Pesci. Uh, hot. Yeah. I want to see my I want to see my Joe Pesci voiced hut, and uh, I would be cool if he had a, a Robert De Niro sidekick or whatever, you know, voiced <laughs> hut as well. But uh, like uh, the 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 hut casino, exactly right. And then um, come here, second, you prick. Come here, you prick. Get your fucking shine thing. box. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You you fucking piece of shit! Benicio del Toro was supposed to do a hut movie, so who knows? Maybe they'll incorporate some of that storyline into the High Republic. And, 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 he, he was supposed to do that as DJ. No, oh, not Benicio del Toro. Sorry, uh, what's the director's name? Who does the horror uh, stuff? Oh, um, Guillermo. Yeah, the guy who, Guillermo del Toro. There you go. There the, we go. The, the other del Toro. So uh, he was supposed to take over and do a hot movie or a hot series, and never transpired. But Doctor Afra also had tie-ins to the High Republic with. Uh, Issue number eight. She uh, she's on um she's on a planet called Dohar High, located in the Do- outer rim. Dohar High, not DJ Hyde. Dohar Hyde, um, located 
in the outer rim remains, and she finds remains of an old uh, Nile ship, and they're stuck in the trees. And Doctor Afro remarks to San Staros, "Ancient marauders tore the planet apart, but the forest got the last laugh. These ships have been there for centuries." And then she goes on to elaborating, saying, "I've read old Republic records of Nile ships doing impossible things with light speed, jumping in close to planets. Readers might." be right to question the extent of the Nile's threat to the galaxy if a plant life was able to win the fight against them. What's your take? Um, again, they're just bringing these threads across the Star Wars universe together. Um, and I think it's fine. I think it's cool. You know, there were some rumors that, you know, that, that the Nile, because we hadn't heard about them previously in the Star Wars universe, that they didn't exist any longer, that they were wiped out, that they were not... Um, any more of a threat or that they had changed their name. So this kind of uh, definitely puts the Nile back on the map, at least for the, the Star Wars universe. Uh, I can't argue with you on that. Listen, I'm going to do a little segment now, a new segment for the NFO. Uh, it's called You Just Made the List. You Just Made the List. We're going to go through some lists now, Doc, and I want to get your yay or nay on it, okay? Here's the first list. Darth Vader's five best quotes in the original trilogy and Anakin's five best quotes in the pre the prequels. So do it. let's do it. Number one, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yay or nay? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's uh, one of my favorites. Now this is pod racing. Number nine. No, thanks. Pass. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. I say that shit all the time. Okay. This is where the fun begins. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> this is where the fun begins. Uh, <laughs> That's the Anakin line. When he's I, in they the also tell my wife that all the time, too. Mm -hmm. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Uh, a, a fantastic one. I hate you. No, nah. oh, you crazy hell? dude? That was awesome. It's a great uh, line. When, when are you going to use that in reality? Well, I can use it in plenty of times. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. Eh. His fate will be the same as ours. Very, Absolutely. Very foreshadowing uh, line there. That was, I think, uh, Lucas at his best, where he, oh. um, where where he uh, just gives you a little tease as to what's going to become in the future, which. Uh, Again, we know exactly what happened with that. From a certain point of view, that'd make a good topic. I don't know if we ever discussed it, did we? I think we did at some point. Okay. Or... No, I am your father. Oh, well, that's, listen, I mean, what, what else do you want for that? I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. My new empire. My son just walked by. He said, my new empire. Your, your new empire. empire. <laughs> Anakin, I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. Your new empire. <sighs> oh, the best scene ever. So those are the top ten um, Anakin and Vader lines. Five Vader, five Anakin. I say keep them all. They add something. Um, Another list, top 10 unsolved plot points the Bad Batch must answer. Let's go down the list, Doc. Okay? 
Oh, this is a horrible thing. Hold on a second. I got to go back and hit previous. Oh, horseshit. I'm back home now, by the way. Here we go. Oh, I noticed that, Doc. Thanks back for being the, professional. Thanks for lab, showing back up. Back in the lab. Sorry. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up. Tell, tell your son he's he's uh, he's on my shit list right now. He's trying to get at some girl shit list. Oh, he's trying to do a Greek style? Of course. Nice. Very nice. The wah wah wee wah. Whoa, 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 uh, Wolf and Gregor's chips. Now, a few people don't know what we're talking about. Wolf and Gregor was with Rex in Rebels, and they were clones, high-ranking clones from the Clone Wars. Uh, and they want to know what's going on with the Order sixty six and how they took out their chips or what happened during that time. What do you think? Yay or nay? Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I think it's a uh, it's an important story to see how they uh, they avoided. What had happened in the uh, in Order sixty six? So yes, number nine, the Empire abandoning clones for stormtroopers. Absolutely, I think this is an important important kind of transition in the Star Wars universe, and I think it needs to be addressed. It needs to be seen somewhere, either on screen or book or something, because uh, it's 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 a portion that we that changed dramatically the universe, and we need to see what happened. The fate of other clones, number eight. Like Cody, Fox, Bly. Yeah, I think um, you know we had talked about this a couple weeks ago that the seeing them in the Bad Batch would be awesome. You know, if they're trying to either hunt down the um, the the remaining clones or the remaining Jedi, and then the Bad Batch interact with them. So I would love to see, especially kind of a, a Cody thing. Missing Clone Wars content that was uh, due to the cancellation of uh, season six. They never so, made the so specifically, you know, what happened between Boba and uh, and Cad Bane. Yeah, I mean, of course, I think that's what we all want to see for sure. Yeah, but do you want to see that in the Bad Batch? Or do you want to see that live action? Um, well, that would be great live action. I, I think that would be an easy um thing to put in the book of Boba Fett. Have a very quick, you know, flashback five minute thing like Boba staring at his helmet one day, and he's just like, you know, closes his eyes and sees that moment between him and Cad Bane. Five minutes, they can wrap it up and get it in there. That's what she said. That's it. Anakin, Anakin Skywalker's full turn to the dark side. Meh, uh, meh. I mean, listen, he, he did some pretty fucking bad shit in those last couple of movies, so I don't think we need to... Master Skywalker, you know, there's too many of them. Exactly, that being the best of all those. Ball's crime syndicate. Um, yeah, I think they're definitely going to touch upon that at some point. I mean, that, again, money in the table. Maul is always money. We saw that in the, in the Clone Wars um, last season. So if if they don't go there, I think it's crazy. You know, they, they have the whole solo thing that ties into it. They have the whole now Clone Wars season seven that ties into it. Maul's money, um, and they really need to touch upon it. I mean, we've seen him get sprinkled across the, the Star Wars landscape for the last, you know, 10, 15 years at this point. There's no reason why we shouldn't see any, any more of that. You know, him being the uh, the main baddie in Solo. 
Droid remnants. What happened to them? Who cares? Okay. What became of Barris Offee? Uh, who? Barris Offee. She was the Padawan. Uh, let's see. Previously, it was thought that Obi-Wan and Yoda had survived. However, the newer spinoff games and shows. Uh, particular Jedi speaks to mind from Clone Wars happened to be Barriss Offee. She was last seen in the Republic prison cell for attempting to assassinate numerous other Jedi. The Empire is not, not one to turn down defectors either as we have seen numerous Jedi pledge themselves as inquisitors. So people are saying that Barriss Offee may have been the, an inquisitor. Anyway. Uh, right. the if aftermath. Is, I'm in. If not, who cares? The aftermath of Order 66. Of course. That's uh, that's a necessity. That's I think that's the whole premise of the show. Yeah. Bad Batch is larger. The Bad Batch in the larger Star Wars universe. Okay. That's an obvious. Yeah. Duh, this is what we're doing here. This is why we're making a show around it. Uh, another list. Return of the Jedi. The five best action scenes and five best character moments. Let me know if you agree with this, Doc. Do it. Number 10. Character moment. Someone who loves you. When Leia frees Han. Oh, that was so. Uh, I was. I remember watching. That. I was like, oh, it's so kind of cheesy. When I was even when I was a kid, I was like, it's kind of cheesy. But yeah, it's a cool little moment between the two of them. You were telling Han, Kappa feel. Um, exactly. Number nine action. I can't. I can't, I can't see. Number nine action scene. Luke fights the Rancor. One of my favorite action sequences in all Star Wars. Really? really? I think so. Yeah. And even though it was, it had that cheesy little animation. I remember watching as a kid. I was like, holy shit. How's he going to beat this massive thing that just ate that little Kerber the Frog thing? Yeah, but you don't think... I mean, he... How come he used the fucking force against him? Like, how come he didn't force choke the Rancor? He force choked wow. his two piggies. Did you imagine he force choked the Rancor? Maybe the Rancor was 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 force unsensitive. Force unsensitive. Like okay, Jabba. You know, I can't use my powers against him. All right. Character, character moment. Chewie hugs Han. Yeah, I thought it was cute, but again, you know, the the if we would have had all the things that had happened in 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 um comics and in books and stuff like that before we saw, you know, uh Return of the Jedi, I think it would have meant a little bit more because, you know, last we left them, you know, it was three, it was two two three years ago and we don't know what happened in between there and you know, it's only a year Han between Chewie. It's only a year, but I'm saying between. between but for us, it, it, before oh, us, it was three years, right. you know, eighty eighty-three. So, um, we didn't know that backstory that was happening there. I think knowing the backstory would have actually made it a little bit, a little bit more of a, an impactful moment. Jedi Knight, I'm gone for a little bit, and everyone has delusions of grandeur. One of my favorites. Uh, uh, action scene: the battle over the Sarlacc pit. Luke Dude. on the barge and all that stuff. Hands down, one of my favorite Star Wars action. Fans them kicking all, huh? Phantom kick and all. It was Character like uh, it was like being on the indies. Wow. Character moment. Yoda's peaceful death. Sad for sure. I remember watching it and I was like, how is how can Yoda just die like that? Um, but uh, again, yeah, for sure, uh, a good way to go out in a good character moment. Do you want to hear some a cool little known fact about that scene? Please. The blanket he uses to cover himself with, Qui Ganjin's robe. Retcon. Really? Yep. Wait, 
like in 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 actual production or just they, they, no, they no, just no, 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 just storyline. Oh, interesting. Action scene, speeder bike chase. Was was Yoda that cheap that he had to go get you know Qui Gon's dead robe and then? Oh, Yoda is Jewish, right? It's Hebrew. <laughs> it's true, Yodea. Um, <laughs> speeder bike scene. Yes, absolutely, love that scene. Character moment. Luke initially refuses to fight Vader. Of course, fantastic moment where Luke, you know, refuses to uh, to, to to give Daddy some action, but then uh, ultimately. Oh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> as the as the next one that you're gonna read says, eventually fights him. Yeah, Luke and Vader's rematch, the action scene, uh, character moment, unmasking Darth Vader. Oh, dude, I think I, I I distinctly remember myself being in the movie theater watching that, and it wasn't like I sat there and said, "Oh yeah, for sure they're gonna mask him." I was, you know, wasn't speculating back then. But when he said, "Take my mask off," I think I I, I think myself and everybody else in the theater audibly gasped and i was like are we gonna see this happen right now and it was like one of those i I remember it vividly just i leaned in and it was like you know you may buy the whole seat but you're only gonna use the edge and i was kind of like oh shit like and they took it off and you see this decrepit old man inside that suit and you're like oh my gosh how is that powerful scary menacing villain this old pasty ass white guy who's with a british accent uh, tell your sister she was right. She was she right. Was right. He sounds more like uh, Jimmy T right there. <laughs> yeah, doc. Yeah, yeah, doc. <laughs> Speaking of pasty ass old white guys, <laughs> I love you, doc. Burning Man. I wanted to see you naked in the Burning Man, doc. Yeah, doc. Anyway, <laughs> action scene number one: blowing up the Death Star. Uh, fantastic scene, but again, it, we've seen it before. Yeah. All right, another list. Every character Boba Fett wants to kill in the spin-off series. I figured you jizz for this one. This is great. I didn't even read these lists. I just po- I posted them, and I figured I'd I'd, uh, I'd read them, you know, and react to them organically. Uh, let's see. Number one, the smuggler. Orgas- orgasmically. Han Solo, the smuggler. Of course, the two of them have got to go head to head. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the Jedi Master Samuel L. Jackson needs to return to Star Wars universe. What a better way to do it than the Boba Fett series? What do you think? All right, all right. So, so listen, I, I want you to read a little deeper into that thing. Okay, there is a little hyperlink that talks about that Samuel L. Jackson that Mace Windu is alive in canon. And if you click that little hyperlink, which I did because I was like, excuse me, how is this possible? Um, they go to talk about. Oh, let me read it right now. Yeah, go read it right now. If you've been following the second season of the hit John Favreau Dave Filoni show, The Mandalorian, you'll probably notice Mace Windu has been a hot topic online. When Star Wars Rebels and the Star Wars Clone Wars character Ahsoka Tano finally revealed Grogu's backstory in The Mandalorian, the audience, along with Din Djarin, learned that the tiny foundling had been undergoing Jedi training at the Jedi Temple during Order 66. Although Soka asserts that Grogu's memory of the situation goes dark, after a certain point, she did share that someone saved him. From, the, from Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker's carnage as he descended into the Sith Lord Vader, many, fan, many fans immediately jumped to the conclusion his rescue was none other than Mace Windu. Both Jackson and Star Wars creator George Lucas have previously stated that they believe Windu survived his forced lightning battle with Sidious, 
which resulted in him falling out of a window after Anakin Skywalker. I get it. The, the window. Gotcha. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, now the official Star Wars Instagram account seems to be fueling the fire. On the December 21st, Jackson's birthday, Star Wars social media team shared the following post. The party isn't over. It's just beginning. Sending a very happy birthday to Samuel Jackson. Comets immediately started responding that at first glance, they thought that this was an announcement that Windu and his purple lightsaber would return to Star Wars universe. Uh, that was it. Just a little tweet. That was it, and 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 they and they take that as like you know gospel that that he's coming that he's coming back, but th- that's what he told Django before be you know and and um Count Dooku before he uh jumped into the Battle of Genosius. This party's over, Master Windu. How pleasant of you to join us. This party's over. Uh, and and it says oh it it's been proven in canon. I don't know what kind of shit story that is that that, that talks about that, but to me that doesn't prove shit. I agree. Um, bless you. That's unprofessional. Fuck one off. more time um, for the, the road. Uh, the bounty hunter, Bosk. Yes, the general, Lando Calrissian. Me. There could be many more. Let's see. That was it. That was a whack list. Yeah, I mean, listen, Boba has a lot of connections to a lot of different um, characters in Star Wars universe. Can they shoehorn them all into the book of Boba Fett? No. Should they? No. You know, listen, we got plenty more years for these fucking stories to happen. So, I definitely um, want a DH Han and Chewie. I know you do. I know you do. But you know, they, they may go with uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Who the hell knows? Uh, Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi's greatest moments. Let's go down the list, boys. Uh, let's see. Moments. Duel at Naboo. Well, then that's what made the boy shine, boy. You know, getting his uh, his rocks off on a Sith Lord. So, 100%, absolutely, that was a defining moment for him. Biodroid threat. I don't even know what that means. Years before the Clone Wars animated series chronicled Obi-Wan exploits between episode 2 and 3, Stephen Barnes' 2004 novel... Star Wars, the, the Cestus Deception offered a definitive take on the Jedi Master and his prime. The book teamed Obi-Wan with, Fiddle jo- with Kid Fisto to stop a separatist plot that in- involved biodroids, fearsome warriors capable of battling even the Jedi to a standstill. Okay? The old, an old flame. Star Wars movies tend to depict Obi-Wan Kenobi as a chaste monk who's not Terribly conflicted about his role in the Jedi Order, but the Clone Wars added shades of gray to the formerly squeaky clean Jedi Master. Uh, in season two episode, the Mandalore plot, fans are introduced to Duchess Satine. Okay. Uh, when he went undercover in the Clone Wars. Remember that? Yep. As the assassin Rocco Harding. I think that was stupid, but that was yeah, just me. It was, it was kind of dumb. A grievous victory. Hello there. Hello there. Well, listen, uh, Obi Wan has had. General Kenobi. Hello there. General Kenobi. Obi Wan has had his hands in a lot of different uh, villains, and uh, he's he's he's, for the most part, defeated them all. You know, um, done it all, won it all, and uh, Grievous is on that list for sure. Definitely, uh, his battle with uh, Anakin. 
hundred percent. I mean, that's that's the defining moment. Uh, don't let the Wookiee win. Marvel Comics has offered a new glimpse into Obi-Wan's lost years living on Tatooine thanks to recre- recurring storyline called from the journals of the old Ben Kenobi. That story hit the peak in the Star Wars number 20, which features a flashback of Obi-Wan's crudal battle with Black uh, Chrysanthemum, a bounty hunter who makes Chewbacca seem simply and even-tempered by comparison. Um, okay, I didn't read it, so I can't comment on that. Uh, mall rematch that was cool. Uh, your take the mall rematch, yeah. It, it was, we've said this millions of times beautifully done, beautifully executed, and the perfect way for the two of them to to finish their you know their their arc. The reunion of Obi Wan and, and um, Luke Skywalker when he chases off his Tusken Raiders, er, 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 er. Cantina showed them the sacrifice. The voice, uh, from a certain point of view. Of course, but everybody loves that one. The next generation. Um, uh, he, he has said, so many pivotal moments, and I really hope that the new Obi-Wan show gives us so many more pivotal moments because he deserves it. I mean, Obi-Wan's a fantastic character. He's a character that, you know, he's the first space wizard that we were ever introduced to, so... Let's uh, let's give him what he deserves. More fantastic Star Wars moments. Absolutely, totally agree with you on that assessment. Yeah, and he's over in my books. And speaking of over, ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment on this show called "Who's More Over." Um, what does that mean? Well, "Who's More Over" is wrestling lingo. The word over is anyway. It means popular. When you're a wrestler and you got over with the crowd, you become popular with them. Now, in two ways it can occur. You're either a good guy wrestler or a baby face. You get over as a baby face, which means that people will love you, pay as much money as they possibly have and can afford to come see you wrestle and kick the crap out of the villain. Now, when you're the villain wrestler, you're a heel. And when you're over as a heel, you detest, you're loathe. People will pay a lot of Scott Old to come see you get your ass kicked and put your head on a spike. What we do is we compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a thing. And we see what's more over with you, the fans. Yes, all six of you guys. Yeah. More importantly, what's over with us. So, Doc, what's on the marquee? Marquee, tonight we go back to a droid battle. We took a look at two very interesting, very personable droids. One being the Mandalorian standout star, IG-11. The waiver compels you immediately produce said asset. Versus the runaway hilarious Extremely tall droid from Rogue One K2SO. K. Climb. Climb. You can still send the plans to the fleet. If they open the shield gate, you can broadcast from the tower. Locking the vault door now. K. Goodbye. So, what do the polls say, Doc? 
Hopping on the polls, baby, just like college. Okay, so let's see. Um, ooh, interesting enough, Facebook. Dead even, 50-50 on the face business. I got a comment here by John M. Wright. K2SO is way more over. Charming, personable, well-designed, and just full, a, a full character. Plus, being voiced by Alan Tudyk helps a lot. Adam DeJanes, gotta go K2. Sassy and fun banter was best character of Rogue One. Sorry. Let's move to the uh, Insta Drizzle. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's check out what we got here. All right. Ooh, IG-11. 63% to 37%. So it looks like IG-11 is over on the Instagram, which uh, is interesting. Bigger spread than Facebook. That's all I got. Cool. Well, Spiro, why don't you let us know who's more over? All right, who's more over? On one side, we got K2SO. On the other side, we got IG-11. For me, K2SO was the highlight of um, Rogue One. I think he pretty much stole every scene he was in. The same with IG-11. As far as the Mandalorian goes, I felt he too stole most, if not all, of the scenes he was in. Um, we're going to see more, I hope, of K2SO in the Cash and Andor series. Um, I'm excited for that, even though I, I hear that he's probably not even going to be in season one. Um, there's no way he's not brought into the fold at some point. Uh, but IG-11, man, I mean, Jesus Christ, man. His, his, um, he, had, he had more character growth his trajectory from when we first saw him to where he ended up, how he ended up, you know, he was introduced to us as an assassin droid. And then he ended up being a fucking babysitter that could s still kick ass and, and kill you. Uh, he ended up sacrificing himself at the end so that the others can live. I mean, you know, where K2SO made you laugh uh, IG-11 made you laugh, and then at the end, he 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 got you in the fields, man. Um, so, yeah, man. I think uh, down the road, I think K2SO is 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 going to definitely sort of get that IG-11 clout. But right now, IG-11 is more over with me, guys. Fuck it. All right. Revan Rev is getting <laughs> Not in this show. Ladies and gentlemen, before we give Doc's... In my opinion, or who's more over, we're going to go to the emails. And you can send us an email at newforceorderyahoo.com. We want you guys to be interactive. So please send us an email regarding who's more over, Tatooine, from a certain point of view. You want to name the Bad Bat Show. Come up with a clever title. Let us know what you think. And uh, you want to tell us how awesome we are, how shitty we are, whatever. Let's just talk. Let's mingle. Even though Doc and I are not single, we still want to mingle, baby. Yeah. So our first email, Christopher Thompson, who's more over? <laughs> Greetings, F NFO. Who is more over? IG-11 all the way. Crazy spinning, gunslinging, badass droid. Shame was killed off as I think he here was mileage in having him as a sidekick type reoccurring character. Here's a thought. I was reading up on Raven. Is I don't know much about him due to him not being canon. It's Revan, not Raven, but I see where you're going with this. 
It says he was readmitted into the Jedi Order under a secret identity. Could he be Mace Windu? I've attached two photos to illustrate my idea. Basically, it's the purple lightsaber. Seems like he may also have been an inspiration of how Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren's costumes. Similar masks, capes, and hoods. Um, I don't think it's Mace Windu. It's not Mace Windu because the timeline, he's part of the Old Republic, yep. which was like a thousand years before um, the prequels. Yes. Um, but that's not canon anymore. So we don't know if they decide to bring him back and change the timeline. It could be Mace Windu, but I doubt it. He did come back after he was first a Jedi. Then he was a Sith. Then he went back to the light. They, they implanted him with false memories, if I'm correct. And... Um, at the end of the day, no one really cares because he's not canon, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's so fucked up. I love it. Next one is from Adam DeJanes. So I'll choose K2 for this one, and I thought he it had character and personality. On the other hand, we all know what the IG units are capable of. I enjoyed what 11 became. But come on. 88 was, was a fucking Terminator, and I loved it. Of course, that was Shadows of the Empire, but I digress. Dave Filoni said he wanted the droid to be uh, a K2 unit in Rebels, but was after the fact. Okay. So let me go here first, Doc. I want to pick K2SO. Um, I think you offered more. I think Alan Tudyk did a tremendous job being the comedic relief in, in, a, in a, such a grim movie to the point where he stood out and he was like a beacon of light, beacon of hope. And we all know rebellions are built on hope. Not to, say that, not to say that Taika... Did a bad job with IG-11. I think he did a phenomenal job. And I like the way he, be, he went from one side of the spectrum. Being a suicidal, I'm going to self-destruct assassin uh, to a caretaker. So I thought that was cool. Um, to where he sacrifices himself in order to let his people live. Um, let my people live. <laughs> so I'm going to go with K2SO. I think K2SO is uh, more over. I know who you're going to pick, so go. Um, <laughs> IG-11, great droid. Uh, I think Adam hit the nail on the head, though, when he said that you know there was definitely more opportunity for him to be a better character, to be more contiguous in the show. And, you know, for me, when before The Mandalorian really started, you know, there was this big push and this big um, blitz of the toys and, you know, the, the chatter about who is going to be this and who's going to be that. And I thought for sure just based on the stills that we had seen that IG-11 was going to be um, Mando's, uh, you know, sidekick. Lo and behold, a new episode, he gets shot in the head at the, at the end of that first episode and then disappears slightly until Quill brings him back as the uh, the nanny droid, which I thought was brilliant and hilarious all in the same. Um, but uh, very, very uh, smart writing, very, very smart characterization on that. But then eventually again dies. So you know we lose the uh, the 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 the, the uh, IG eleven, and I think that it was probably to the show's detriment because he should have stuck around a little bit longer. K two S O fleshed out very very well, um, great character like uh, you know everybody has said, funny um, the heart and soul I think of Rogue One, and really you know these guys probably wouldn't have been able to to get where they were without his uh, his 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 help. In all the sections. So for me, it's going to be K2SO um, without a shadow of a doubt, unless they bring IG-11 back at some point and um, give him a little bit more shine. 
Well, I knew you'd pick him. A uh, little article just came across my desk. Luke and C-3PO and nine other underrated Star Wars duos. Uh, I thought it would be fitting we go through this. Luke and C3, uh, C-3PO is number 10. Qui-Gon and Padme is number 9. Lando and Chewie is number 8. Obi-Wan and Dex suggested. That's awesome. Number 7. What do you that's, know? That's pushing Darth, it, I think. No? Darth Vader and Boba Fett. Eh. Leia and Wicket. Yoda and R2-D2. Jango and Boba Fett. And number one is Qui-Gon. Uh, number two is Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, excuse me. Number one is Leia and Chewie. That's a crappy article. It, it seems like it was the dollar store rendition of uh, duos, in my yeah. opinion. That's like, you know, people had one scene together. That's a great thanks. Bye-bye. Except that Luke and C-3PO, which I thought they were great together, actually. They were pretty funny. Um, yeah, I think they did well. They had good chemistry together. Uh, do you have a topic for a certain point of view? I do not. I don't think I do. Neither do I. So let's wrap it up and go home. Skip it. Let's do it. Spiro, um, where, where can they find you at Spiro? Where can they find you, Spiro? Spiro, where are you? You can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. The show's gone through a bit of an evolution. It's no more, it's no longer a anger-filled rant fest about politics because that shit just does no good to anybody's soul it just divides us all so now it's just a show where people come on they hang out we have a few drinks and we talk about anything you know uh on instagram spiro underscore a darth underscore spirit on and that's it guys you can find me at Doctor Dr. underscore Destroyo, D E S T R O Y O Instagram, Alex Royo MD on Face on Twitter, my bad, and Alex Royo on Facebook. You can find me at Greek Papadon on Twitter and on Instagram, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. If you're a fan of the show and you send me a friend request, let me know you're a fan of the NFO show so I, I'll accept it. Otherwise, I'm not accepting it. So, yes, don't agree. get all pissy. Please, thank you. Um, you can find us all together. Oh, more importantly, go to my uh, Pro Wrestling Tea stores. Go buy some T-shirts. I need some money. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tea slash Greek Pop It On. And uh, Greek Out Pop It On is a YouTube channel. You can see my matches and promos. Find us all together on, on Twitter at NFL underscore podcast. New Force Order on Instagram. Official New Force Order on Facebook. New Force Order at Yahoo.com is the email. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very fast edition of the New Force Order shirt show. But we got straight to the point with everything. Uh, three big news things, uh, three big news items this week, which was the Obi-Wan Kenobi casting uh, and production start, um, Bad Batch trailer, and the whole Luke, Sebastian Stan bromance via Luke Skywalker scenario. Uh, regardless of all that, hopefully we entertained you. Hopefully we made you laugh. Hopefully we put a smile on your face. And uh, hopefully you had a good time. And thank you for letting us do that for you because uh, we're trying to get Star Wars more over with you. We're not trying to get more over on Star Wars. Uh, this has been another exciting edition of the New Force Order. For life. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth, you shall be known as the new boss. Order. Are you quite?